Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Super, super excited today because we have an amazing guest, Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Now, would you like to start by just telling people who you are and what you do? Yes. All right. So dietitian by trade. And what's been really interesting in this journey is personal training has come into it because I was doing some nutrition counseling at an athletic club. And they were like, you really should get your personal training license and go ahead and train in between. And honestly, I almost like the personal training better than the food, which is funny to say, but so I have both the training and the nutrition. And then what I really noticed out of my clients is they constantly said, I know what to do. I just need to do it. So I feel like over these years, I've become more, I've deemed myself an accountability coach with the background of the nutrition and the fitness, but I love the handholding and just taking people through a journey. I was an outpatient dietitian and I really discovered, I love that. I love the ability to start with a client and still be with people years later versus I noticed in hospital, I was kind of like in and out of a room and never knew if my advice was helping or we couldn't really work together. So my happy spot is accountability coaching. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And I totally agree with you. And I think it's so easy, isn't it? Like, I just kind of think, in a nutshell, eat vegetables. Like, what more do you need to know? I know that, I know we can talk about nutrition for hours and hours and hours, but I'm with you. I right. love that, you know, working out why don't we do the things that we know are good for us. And right. 
we know it's all because of our emotions. Our emotions mean that we aren't logical. If we were logical, we would all just eat in a healthy way and we wouldn't have to think about it. So it's one of my favorite topics of conversation. And today I'm super excited to talk to you because you share my passion and we've come up with a really interesting topic to talk about. So do you want to lead us in and just tell us what you're going to tell us? Absolutely. I have to first tell your listeners, I've been binging on your episodes (laughs) and loving them. I feel like you're just such an easy listen and all of your information just feels so spot on that I just, ah, I was like, ah, this is so good. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you for putting out this wonderful medically based insight weekly. Um, Yes. To your point of emotional eating, I do feel like this is a passion for me in a frustration for a lot of my clients, because obviously if it was that easy, we just change. Right. And then that whole stigma that comes with just eat less or just, just work out. Like it's not that easy. There's these onion layers that come back that we need to continually understand within ourselves. And I thought this would be fun to do with your listeners today is just really help with that insight building and breaking down emotional eating really into two components. And that comes with there's internal and external. When we think about emotional eating and we can go into this, um, that we have cues, right? We have triggers when it comes to emotional eating. And so let's just break it down to external first. External is when we see something. This is kind of like the fluffy part of emotional eating. (laughs) External is because something smells good or it looks good, or we see an ad on TV. Uh, It's one of those, like our pleasure senses go off and we go, I want it. It's advertising. I tell you what, it's advertising. And, you know, I'm totally with you here. And, you know, on my Facebook group, I put up lovely images and talk about like, you know, what's your self-sabotaging and things like this. And I find myself going through all those beautiful images on the internet to pick one out. And I, you know, Google or I type in cake or cookies and I see all these amazing cakes and these amazing cookies and think, oh my goodness, if that was in front of me right now, which luckily it isn't, there's no way I wouldn't be eating it. But, you know, this is what advertisers play on, isn't it? That constantly showing us the things that if they weren't in our mind, we would happily get on with our lives. Oh, they spent millions, right? Researching this, bringing in psychologists to figure out what does make, which brings me to this point of, There have been studies done with the brain that there are areas that light up when we think pleasure, right? And so when we think food pleasure, that when you're in that moment, and if it is just external triggers going on, your brain lights up, you want it. And so then the question's always, well, what am I supposed to do about that? Well, distraction is like the number one tip I can give your listeners today when it comes to just external emotional. And that means if you can find 15 minutes to walk away, do something else with, and here's the really, like you have to promise yourself if you still want it after that 15 minutes, you're going to allow yourself to have it. Because if you let deprivation stay there, like deprivational thinking saying, I can't have it, I shouldn't have it. Then that area of the brain stays lit. But if you tell yourself, I'm allowed to have it, just go pleasantly distract, do something you like, maybe something done that makes you feel good. A lot of times that's enough time to let that like area of the brain calm back down. And then by the time we get back to it, it's not that strong want anymore. 
I tell you what it is for me. It's when I walk past, we have these beautiful bakeries here. Everyone goes out to these beautiful little patisserie bakeries and buys their loaf of bread. And then they have croissants and nice little patisseries. But as you're walking along, you can smell that lovely sort of flowery, buttery smell. Yes. And, you know, yes. I've trained myself just to walk past. But that as well is another of those triggers. So, yeah, and I, I totally hear what you're saying with the deprivation. And I would add in a l- little extra rule there, if I may, which is if you are going to then eat it, the rule is you have to enjoy it. You have to love, love, love eating it. You have to slow down. I'm going to say that again, slow down and savor it and go, okay, if I'm going to eat it, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm not going to feel guilty afterwards. Love that. Yes. I, a lot of times give my clients this one to 10 rating scale. And if a food is not an eight, nine or a 10, it's a leave it. But to your point, like my guess is that bakery would be a 10 or an 11 or 12 on your scale where like when you do allow yourself to have it, yes, enjoy and no guilt. Yes. Thank you for adding that in. I so agree. And we have to remember like you've trained yourself to walk by and that works first. And then for some people, it's like they can do it when they're at like a higher energy level in their day. But when that willpower dwindles throughout the day, because the energy is dwindling, sometimes it's the distraction in the sense of I've talked to one client lost like 15 pounds because they took a different route home from work where they didn't see all the fast food. You know, like we can add in those little areas where how can I just avoid it in the first place so that I don't have to pull that extra energy to avoid, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, all the stuff I'm going on about habits and habits and habits, that's habits. And there's so much work on habits being you know, the cue being geographical, like, you know, you, as you say, you're coming home from work, and you get into that habit of, hey, this is the fast food place that I stop at, because it's on my route home. And if you change your route, then you break that habit. It's amazing. It's amazing. I had one client who I wouldn't let get ads. She wasn't allowed to like pull her newspaper in anymore, because the second she saw the ads, for all the new fun things that like fast food was putting out or restaurants were putting out, that was her trigger. Remove the ad, remove the trigger. It was just, so I like external because it feels a little, I guess a little easier. Nothing's easy, but it does feel slightly easier than the internal, which we can talk about. Yeah. Let's dive into internal. So external is when you see pictures and smells or anything that is outside you and triggers you and We're going to intentionally distract ourselves, hopefully for 15 minutes. And then if we still really want to eat it, we're going to allow ourselves to eat it. But we have to really, really, really enjoy it. Those are the rules. Okay, tell us about internal. Perfect summary. Perfect summary. Thank you. Okay, internal. This is the tricky one because these are all the things that have been layered in throughout our life. And it deals much more with an emotional state of a lot of people think emotional eating is just like sad or happy. It's everything. It's tired. It's, you could be in like a resentful mood. You could be in lonely is a big bored, one for a bored lot of is for me. Bored. Mine <laughs> is bored. Like, you know, oh, I'm sitting at my computer four hours in the morning, getting through my work, some of the work I love, but it's not just chatting to amazing people like you in the morning. It's often, you know, writing stuff and I get bored. And luckily I'm aware of this. Um, but yeah, boredom and stress is another big one. I see a huge one. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yep. I would say bored stress really are entire are probably the three that I hear the most, 
but of course the other ones trickle in too. And so the thing with any of these emotions, it is human nature. We don't like feeling our emotions. Like it's not fun to feel bored or it's not fun to feel mad or sad. And so we're trying to correct and correct quickly that emotion. And so one of the things as we're talking about this is that it's really important to sit in an emotion and allow yourself to feel it with the promise. And this is important. Every emotion has a beginning, a peak and an end. And when we are in that emotion, especially when we're in the peak of that emotion, it doesn't feel like it's going to end. So what we're trying to do is end it. But if we can like use our wise mind and know it will end on its own, that like maybe we could be a little better about letting ourselves feel the whole process of the emotion versus going to the food to try to quickly correct it. Um, so I don't, yeah, you said that yours is bored. What are some of the tools that you have used to get out of the boredom eating? Oh, so many, but, um, so quite often, um, I will just go, okay, I'm bored. Just get on with doing whatever the work is that I'm doing. Cause really it's just a work avoidance technique. So it's about looking at my day and working out how, I structure the work that I do. Um, if I, I also like to sort of like move around in the, in the daytime as well, because I know that it's really easy to be sedentary. And part of that sitting and using your brain is like my body isn't moving and my body likes to move. So it can be really easy, particularly in, I was telling you about how we're in a big house and not in a little house. In a little house, I found it so difficult to go and move. I would have to literally walk outside and walk around the little swimming pool that we had there it just felt so cramped whereas here I can go outside and be in the countryside or walk around the garden or actually have space to move like there it was really difficult to even do a star jump without fear of knocking something over. <laughs> but you know put on a music put on music for a few minutes and dance and just like so many different ways of doing it but and I think another thing for me is allowing myself so you know I schedule in a snack in the morning so I allow myself to have a snack which is normally fruit and some nuts and so having like saying okay well it doesn't really matter when the day when you have that you can have it so you know if I feel a bit bored and then I go and have my snack that is a scheduled snack which is part of my 24 hours eating right right so there's no guilt what are your big tips (laughs) yeah no so um I'm gonna go back to the tired moment for me because in it brings out the whole insight building again. It took until I was pregnant to really link the two where I'm going, holy cow, because I know I'm tired, I am seeking fast food. <laughs> like it's my job. Like I never really saw that before. And so with something like tired, I had to get to this point of permission to take a nap, which I think is, it's hard. Like you have four kiddos. I have two now. To, to carve out that time, a lot of times we need to attend to a need and uh, because of coffee, because of whatever, you know, even with yours, the board, like it's easy to be like, nope, I'm going to keep working and I'm going to just go through and grab my snack. And I, so it's attend to it is really important. Attend to the need. And then if that is still not working, distraction still comes into play, even with internal and then permission still comes into play. And just really recognizing that 
first and foremost, we have to understand what the link is. Why are we doing it? Because if you don't even know yet that you're tired eating or bored eating or whatnot, like we have to dive in. And I'm sure your programs do that as well. Like let's discover why we're doing what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, I would say you can't change something that you're not aware of. And that, so the first step is self-awareness. And that self-awareness step isn't like, oh, I become aware and suddenly I magically change everything. Unfortunately, it's not quite like that. And that normally what happens is you're aware, you're aware, you're aware. Yeah, I'm still aware. And gradually you start changing things, I would say. But I always say to people, you can't change stuff that you're not aware of. So that self-awareness piece is amazing. And when you get to, hey, I'm frustrated, oh, another emotion, about that piece well that frustration is spurring you on to do something about it so another thing I always think is really interesting is our emotions are interesting to pay attention to like they have a message for us and we like to just say okay I don't like to feel these emotions but actually when we stand and look at our emotions and think okay what's going on here why do I feel this emotion there's often something underneath that. And that doesn't mean that every single time it's like, oh my goodness, there's an amazing gem. If I hadn't listened to that, my life wouldn't be complete. Sometimes it's just like, okay, now I understand. But there is a message there. I 100% agree. And I also think it's important to tell everyone today, like we are covering kind of a baseline of knowledge with the idea that, this is a great time to recommend referrals too. If if your emotional eating is to the point where you're like, I can't get it under control. I am such a huge advocate of therapists and really like pulling our team together, doing one of your courseworks and having a therapist in the team and having a dietitian. Like, don't be afraid to build your team depending on your situation, your individual journey. Again, like you and I are covering broad scheme baseline, but everybody's so individualized in our needs. I think so. always, always look for support. I find this frustrating that so many people think that they need to learn how to change all of these things, whether it's emotional eating or learning how to become healthy by themselves. And I think getting support is a really good idea, however that support looks like. But having right. some kind of support is a really, really good idea. And thinking this idea that, oh, my goodness, I can do it by myself. Well, the reality is, and science shows us, that if we try and do stuff by ourselves in terms of you know, changing the way we eat and our emotions and things, that essentially we end up going back to our old ways of being. And that getting support and having accountability and help is the fastest and quickest and most efficient way to make changes. Yes. And let's also just talk about expectations really fast because I heard this and I totally agree. Shifting our expectations is the most underutilized tool that we don't do when we're trying to make these habit changes. And so when you start to think about that and you go, okay, if my expectation is to your point of now that I've built inside around my emotional eating, I expect it to be done. I want to get over it and move on. Our expectation should really be about, okay, if I'm doing it seven days a week, can I do it too? Can I get my, and then with full expectation of on any given day, it's going to rear its ugly head and I'm going to deal with it and just know that it, you know, like our ultimate goal is to get it 
under control, but the idea of having it solved and done forever is, is not very realistic. And, and I don't know if you noticed that even with, to your point, the board eating, I'm sure there's other days where it kind of is much stronger of a want. And same thing with tired. You and I were talking, we've been struggling with some COVID running through the houses. And I last week noticed everything that I felt like I had going well through January, all of a sudden came to this screeching halt, like business stuff kind of felt out of control, kids, sports, everything where I noticed I was doing a ton of comforting through food, through not working out that day, but it, it all comes back. Like this week's a different week. I know what to come back to. So just again, permission as well as expectations. Yeah, no, fabulous, fabulous. So what are your top three tools for dealing with internal triggers of emotional eating? Yes, that's a good, okay. So I am going to go back to dealing with it does come down to distracting from it. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, attending to it. I can just picture so many listeners out there going, I'm tired, but I mean, who actually schedules in a nap for their day? I think that we're just not good about when we say attend to a need, do you need to attend to your schedule? Do you need to schedule? And like, if busy is one of your issues, are you blocking? Are you setting boundaries? So attending is a really big deal. And then permission. I feel like it's a broken record. I already said all three, but that those are my three tips. So distraction, attend to the feeling and permission to just experience the journey with the idea that you're not giving yourself permission to quit or not work hard at it. You're just giving yourself permission to not be perfect. Little direction, not perfection. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. Yes. Striving for forward progress, not perfection. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you so much. So where can people find more of you? Thank you. Um, healthaccountabilitycoach.com is my website. And I have a podcast as well there that I was so fortunate to interview Dr. Alina. <laughs> so we'll both be coming out around the same time. Um, but that's the best place. My website, you can contact me if you ever would like to be interviewed, if you need a little accountability in your life. And that's, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn at house lifestyles is always my tagline. Perfect. Fabulous. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love our time together.